practicing godly virtues and our verses are found in Colossians chapter 3 verses 5 through 17. So we've already read through the text about um, what it entails um, and now we'll just go a little bit more into everything else. Um, there are what we're going to talk about is just fighting idolatry, God's judgment, um, deliverance, being God's children, walking in love and walking in the light, and then we'll be done. All right, looking at verse 5 of Colossians, it says in verse 5 that, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Um, our first thing that we need to know about <clears throat> practicing godly virtues is that we have to learn to fight idolatry. Uh, so, um, even studying this text last night, that was very interesting for me, or or, or yesterday morning, um, looking at it, and I was like, dog, like. These things are like idolatry, and we don't even think about them being idolatry, right? Um, what a, think of what commandments talks about that? The second one. What does it say? No gods before me. What else? No graven images. No graven images, right? And what else? says no graven images right we we don't need an idol and so there are so many different things in which we can turn into idols right if i like something i like something right let's just say i i like hamburgers right every day i want a hamburger right and every day i say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna obey god's word i'm not gonna read god's word because all i can think about is oh what Hamburger. I can't do this because all I'm thinking about right now is a hamburger, right? We start to turn this into an idol because this is the only thing we see for us to get or attain something. And we continue to look at the hamburger that's in the sky, this mystic thing that eventually will deteriorate, break down, or even turn into our, go in our body, you know, turn into defecation. But nonetheless, uh, here it talks about something that's a little bit more natural, or something that's a little bit um, harder sometimes for us to even think about. And he talks about in verse five, he says fornication, meaning sex before marriage. He's saying, look, hey, you got to fight this. You can't you can't be falling into this. He said uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. And then we go down to when he gets to covetousness, it's always a big fight about that because we're like, how is covetousness idolatry? We see somebody that has something that we want, right? So if I see Grayson has a nice gold watch on and I want it and I keep looking at that watch, looking at that watch, looking at that watch. And eventually I might think to do what? Steal the watch, right? And I steal the watch, right? And now I'm just happy because I'm wearing the watch. And then all of a sudden, somebody steal the watch from me. And then I kill the person who stole the watch from me, right? 
if I place my trust in Christ, knowing that he'll provide all things for me, right? I'm not going to covet. I'm just going to be like, Grace, man, that's a nice watch, boy. Then, a couple of months later, mine might not be as nice. It might be a rubber watch, right? And it might have just like a gold plate around it. But it still tells time, right? And that I can be thankful for, right? And I'm fighting what? Not only temptation, but I'm fighting idolatry, right? So this text here is telling us these are some of the things we must do in order for us to fight idolatry. Our natural inclination pushes us to desire the things of or in this world. To pursue those things instead of things from above is idolatry. Secondly, moving on to verse 6. For with things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometimes when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. So now we see not only the, must we um, fight idolatry, we see that God's judgment will fall on those who don't. So God, let's just say God judges. God judges. Right? Verse 6, it says, For which the sake of the, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of what? Disobedience. It didn't say it comes on the children of obedience. Oh, you did good. You know, you know, you did a good job. No, he said, for the wrath comes on those who are disobedient. God has to deal with sin, right? Because not only is it displeasing to him, he's so holy, sin cannot be in his what? Presence. It can't be in his presence, right? And so we have to think about that whenever these things come upon us we have to fight we have to fight we have to fight we have to wage war against ourselves against our flesh and bring it into control and under the control of christ i just is it's something that is very challenging let's just be honest right think about it do y'all always want to get up and go to school every day no you don't, huh? I don't want to get up and go to school. Ah, oh, man. It's 6 o'clock. In the summer, I didn't get up till 8, 9 o'clock. Right? And now I got to get up at 6 o'clock. I got to get ready for school. And guess what? I had eight classes to go to today. And they all almost an hour each. Right? But you got to beat your flesh into submission, right? And tell it like, this is more important for me to go to school than to be here and not learn something is more important. And for us to beat our flesh and bring it into the obedience of Christ is more important than us to enjoy the pleasures of this world and also be judged by God, right? So secondly, God's judgment will fall on those who seek idolatry. Thirdly, Moving on to verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man, the old man with his, what? Deeds. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all 
and in all, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Thirdly, what we must know is that we've been delivered. We've been delivered. Everyone laughs at that that guy, right, who uh, came out in the church and he was like, he used to be gay, but I've been delivered, right? And they all laugh at him, right? But as funny as that, that, that may seem, he was delivered from something that he knew God wasn't pleased with, right? And as funny as that may seem, we all have been delivered from something, right, that God is not pleased with, right? And so while others might be laughing at him, we have to take a look at ourselves and we have to recognize that we've been delivered from some stuff that could have had us, right? Or that should have led us straight to where? Straight to hell, right? But we've been delivered. And, and here in this text, he talks about it. He says, in the which also um, ye walk sometimes where ye live. But now also put off these things in verse 8. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So all these things before he said that you put off the old man with his deeds are the things we used to do. We used to get mad. I remember, um, like I told y'all, we used to be at the court playing basketball. Somebody fouled me. We'd be ready to fight, right? Angry, right? Just boom. Hit me one more time, right? We got beat up. We got jumped at school because my friend got scratched and stuff in the basketball game. We got jumped by like 30 people, right? Because they're angry, right? You just want to fight, right? But now, now that they're, they're, I leave, like they start arguing and stuff. Like, man, look, I got to go, man. I just got to go. I know where this going to lead to. Somebody might get beat up. Somebody might get shot. Somebody might try to stab you. So, you know what? I'm going to leave, right? The, but the old man would have... I'm going to hit this boy upside his head real fast. Make sure he go to sleep, right? Not only that, it says the filthy communication. Think about the things we used to talk about before we <laughs> accepted Christ. Man, you seen that girl? Ooh, boy, you know what I do. Beep, 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 beep. Man, y'all was talking to that boy the other day. Beep, beep, beep. Right now, it's like, nah, man. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave. Nah, that ain't something I'm interested in talking about. We've been delivered, so we need to act like we've been delivered, right? And we have to put off all these things. And it goes all the way back to our first point we have to fight idolatry because all of these different things are things that the world enjoys doing or the world takes pleasure in, and we can no longer do it because we've been what? delivered right next <clears throat> moving on to verse 13 forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against you a, a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. So here in, in these verses is what we can see and we can take from this. 
um, these verses is that we must walk in love. That is very important for us to walk in love because Christ is love. God is love, right? So as it says in verse 14, and above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Charity is also known as love, right? So if we are truly Christ's children, we should walk in love, be caring and forgiving of one another. The interesting thing about Christian Christians is that we know the importance of forgiveness. We know the power of forgiveness, but we fail to forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about that. Forgiveness is unforgiveness is so, so damaging to the fact that it can cause one to lose their mind. Right. If you don't understand, I'm about to explain it. Let's say someone steals my car, right? They not only steal my car, they wreck my car. Not only do they wreck my car, they also injure someone in my car. And now I have to pay $50,000 out of my own pocket for them stealing my car, wrecking my car, and also injuring another person, right? And I feel like that is unfair, right? And as a result, because I feel it's unfair, I get this anger and resentment towards the person who stole it because I know them. Not only did I have this anger and resentment, I go to sleep and I'm like, man, when I see them, I'm going to hurt them, right? You know, when I wake up, oh, man, like, why would he steal my car? Man, why would he put somebody in the hospital? Why would he even wreck my car? He could have asked me for my car. I hate him, right? So now it's... I'm looking around the city for him. I'm supposed to be at work, by the way. Didn't let you know that. I'm looking around the city for him. I can't find him, right? Found out he moved to another state, right? I go and try to find him in the, in the next state, but I don't know what city he lives in, right? So now I'm going crazy, right? I come back home. I lost my job because what? I'm looking for him, right? And not only did I lose my job, now I'm mad, right? Not only did he make me, not only did he wreck my car, he made me lose my job. And now that I lost my job, I'm losing my house. And I'm losing all the financial uh, things that I had for me. And now I'm in debt. And it's all his fault, right? Look at that. Look how crazy that is. But this happens. And this also happens in the household of faith, in the body of Christ. Things like this happen all the time. Now, watch this other vantage point. He wrecked my car. Ooh, boy. I ain't lying. I feel like knocking this boy out. But you know what? I got to forgive him because if I don't forgive him, I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> Lord, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to work with me. You're going to have to deliver me. You're going to have to You're gonna have to uphold me. Because if you don't do it, I'm going to do some damaging things to this person. Right? And then God walks you through that process. And all along in that process, God is talking to you about you. Now, watch this. He wrecked my car, right? But God said, I haven't been coming to church, right? <laughs> he wrecked my car, right? And now he has to pay, right? I have to pay for the person he injured, right? God says, I ain't been giving my tithes and offering, right? 
And now God is talking to me. He's walking through me this through this process and I can hear from God. And all of a sudden, the car that he wrecked is now the car that that needed to be taken away so that I can take a closer look at God and grow closer to God. And now all of a sudden, the, the person that he injured was now the money that I needed to start giving to God for his glory. Right. And all of a sudden, everything is restored. And now I restore the relationship and I forgive him because God has a purpose in it all. Now, look at the difference between the two. One of them, I'm going crazy. The other one, I'm rejoicing, right? And so we have to remember that we must walk in love. Lastly, going verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So lastly, not only must we um, fight our idolatry, not only must we know that God's judgment will fall on those who seek idolatry, not only do we know we've been delivered and that we walk in love. Lastly, we must walk in the light, walk in the light and the light is Christ. So when we look at verse 16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. What? Richly. Right. And all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we're walking in the light, right? And so since we're walking in the light, we're constantly thinking about those things that Christ wants us to think about. And when we think about those things that Christ wants us to think about, we are now living in a space or a place where he is pleased with us. And we are loving our brothers and loving our sisters in Christ. And the body is being edified and God is being glorified. So lastly, let's walk in the light. All right. Let's bow our head in prayer. Dear God, thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for another opportunity, dear Lord, Father, to come in and to worship you. I pray that something was said or done, dear Lord, Father, that may challenge us, Father, to live more for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.